In 1 Kings 12, we meet two men who are going to drive God's people to the brink of a civil war and divide the nation of Israel in two. First, we have Rehoboam, son of Solomon, grandson of David. His name means the people are broad or extended, but later Jewish writers would make a pun on his name saying that Rehoboam was broad in foolishness. Under Solomon's reign, Israel had prospered and become an economic powerhouse, but all that came at the expense of the people. Solomon had a large workforce for all of its building projects, his military campaigns, and now the people are restless and they're looking for a bit of rest. So they come to Rehoboam at his inauguration, and in verse 4 they ask, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the hard service of your father and his heavy yoke on us, and we will serve you. Rehoboam, he wants some time to think about this, and so he consults the elders of Israel who held counsel with Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. Their answer reflects the wisdom that they had. They say in verse 7 that if you will be a servant to this people today and serve them and speak good words to them when you answer them, they will be your servants forever. But that doesn't really strike Rehoboam as very fun. He's the king after all, so why should he have to serve them? They are supposed to be serving him. So he goes to his buddies, younger man who he'd grown up with, and they tell him in verse 11, My father laid on you a heavy yoke. I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. The scorpion was a whip that was studded with barbs, so Rehoboam isn't just going to be demanding, he's going to be cruel. Rehoboam's rigid stupidity leads to a sudden insurrection. If this is how the house of David is going to treat the rest of Israel, then they're not going to have anything to do with him. They stone Rehoboam's taskmaster and they scare him off to Jerusalem, and thus the kingdom of Israel is split in two. We have the northern ten tribes of Israel, and then Judah with Benjamin in the south. But none of this came as a surprise to God. In verse 15, we read that the king did not listen to the people, for it was a turn of affairs brought about by the Lord, that he might fulfill his word which the Lord spoke by Ahijah the Shilonite to Jeroboam the son of Nebat. All of this took place in accordance with God's plan for Jeroboam, our second man of interest. We meet Jeroboam in 1 Kings chapter 11. He was a servant of Solomon, and he oversaw the forced labor. Because Solomon had slipped into idolatry, a prophet from God comes to Jeroboam and promises him the kingdom. If he acts faithfully and honors God, then his dynasty is going to be made a permanent fixture just like David's. So Solomon, he gets wind of this, and he considers it rebellion and chases Jeroboam off to Egypt. But now, after Solomon's death, Jeroboam is the one representing the people. After Israel rebels, they make him king over the northern ten tribes. But Jeroboam is just as foolish as Rehoboam. God had assured him that his faithfulness would guarantee his house forever. But the first thing Jeroboam does is worry about Israel going down to Jerusalem to worship at the temple and thus turn back to Rehoboam. So he begins instituting his own religion. He forms two golden calves just like Aaron did in Exodus chapter 32, saying, These are the gods who brought you out of Egypt. He puts one in the extreme north in Dan and the other in the extreme south of his kingdom. Nobody needs to go down to Jerusalem anymore. And then he starts kicking the Levites out of the priesthood, and he makes common people into the priests. He starts putting altars on the high places in Israel, mixing pagan worship with the worship of God, and he appoints new feasts to worship God, all devised by his own heart not by God's will. This event sets the tone for the next few centuries of Israel. 
The northern kingdom of Israel is going to be plagued forever by idolatry, by political backstabbings, and by insurrections. Not once will they ever have a king that is pleasing to God. The southern kingdom of Judah, they're going to have their ups and downs with a mix of good and bad kings. But overall, the entire project of Israel is going downhill, and it's going downhill fast. No matter how great a king is, he always has his failures, and there's no guarantee that the next king is going to be any better. God had told David, you are going to be king, and your descendants are going to sit on the throne forever. But here we are in just the third generation, and everything's gone wrong. Well, if there's any hope for God's people, it's not because it's going to be found in any man. So God sends his son, Jesus, to be a different kind of king. Rather than demanding the heavy burdens that Rehoboam insists on, Jesus invites us to take his light and easy yoke and learn from him. And rather than insisting on being served, Jesus insists on being the servant who washes feet and dies for his people.